Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. Comfort ye my people. That's how Handel's Messiah begins. But due to limits on numbers of people in churches and concert halls, the Messiah will not be bringing comfort to people this Christmas season. A writer at the Chicago Tribune wrote, How do we cope without the soaring melodies and communal experience of Handel's Messiah? That's a good question. Some groups, like the Handel and Haydn Society in Boston, did a free live stream of the oratorio. Others, like Hillsdale College in Michigan, are moving their performance to Easter. Not a bad idea, since that's when Messiah was first performed in 1742. But if you happen to live in warm Florida, the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra in Melbourne will perform Messiah in a parking lot, socially distancing the singers and the audience, but enjoying a rare live music experience this year. The good news is the living Messiah brings comfort to his people year-round. His mercies are new every morning. I'm Charles Morris, and this week we're rejoicing together that our Messiah came to the world and was born in a barn. That's our title in our series, and it comes from a story written by Phil Vischer. He wasn't born in a palace. His arrival was not breaking news. He came to a forgettable part of the world and was born in a forgettable barn. But that was all part of the plan to rescue forgettable sinners like you and me, to save his people from their sins and to bring them to his father as adopted daughters and sons. No wonder these angels sang, this is good news of great joy. Truly, it's a story that brings comfort to all who embrace it. In a moment, we'll be joined again by Phil Vischer as he shares how the Lord rescued him from the burden of veggie tales and trying to earn God's favor, and how that all ties in with the idea of grace and living in the light of the gospel that was born in a barn. You really see Phil's heart, that children and families really understand the gospel and not get lost in the trappings of trying to earn their favor from God. And that comes out in his new Laugh and Grow Bible, the gospel in 52 five-minute Bible stories. The book is wonderfully illustrated, designed to help children as well as adults get a bird's eye view of the Bible and God's plan of redemption. I can't think of a better gift you could give to loved ones this Christmas season than this book that will help them see Jesus more clearly. Call us after the program at 1-800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Make your gift and ask for the Laugh and Grow Bible. And if you'd like to see examples of the illustrations from the book, just head over to our website at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I talked about it a moment ago. That's how Handel's Messiah begins. Comfort ye, my people. Just one of the mighty songs from the double CD that I want you to experience this Christmas 2020. After you listen, you'll be singing along the praises to the Lord. Thanks to this masterpiece. Make a gift. Get a copy for yourself. Or get more copies and give them away this Christmas season. And now, we open this haven today with a song that was released on a WOW Christmas album. 
in 2017. Here's Natalie Graham. Christmas Carol, O Come All Ye Faithful. Here opening Haven Today with Natalie Grant. I'm Charles Morris. We're calling the program Born in a Barn. Only Jesus will see us through. What will it take for us to say that and truly believe that? You may not like the answer. I know I don't. But it's just like God to use the hardest circumstances to reveal to us that Christ alone is who we really need. In the end, governments cannot save us. A vaccine might buy us time, but it can't bring us eternal life. Only Jesus can give us what we truly need. And only Jesus will see us through. 
But sometimes that's hard to see until everything else has been stripped away. My friend Phil Vischer learned this lesson firsthand. The creator of the wildly successful VeggieTales had lost it all. That's the last place where he thought he would find himself. But it's the very place where God met up with him. I just became smitten with the idea that God wanted me to be the next Walt Disney. And so as as money was coming in from VeggieTales sales and it was taking off, I started hiring more and more people, building a bigger animation studio. I wanted to buy land to you know someday build a theme park. I'm like, I wanted to do everything that Walt did, but I wanted to do it all with biblical values. And I thought that would, just, because obviously that was in God's best interest, he would surely of course. bless it all. Yes. And and make it all work, even though I had no business experience. I, you know, I had three semesters of Bible college, and then I was kicked out for failing chapel. I did not know what I was doing, but God is going to make it work. And then he didn't. I hired too many people. I committed to too many projects. We ended up in a lawsuit with a former distributor because we'd changed distributors, and they claimed after the fact that we didn't have the right to do that, took us to court. I ended up in a federal courtroom in Mm. Dallas, Texas for Mm. two weeks, being called a liar by opposing lawyers. So we'd gone all the way up to 200 people on staff. We were the biggest animation studio in between the coasts. Um, we'd sold 35 million VeggieTales mm. videos. So from the mm. outside, it looked like it was a huge mm. success and that I could do no wrong. On the inside, it was all falling apart. And in uh, uh, late 2003, we lost that lawsuit and were forced into bankruptcy. And uh, everything that I had built was sold in a bankruptcy auction to a, a company in New York that, that buys distressed assets yep. from media companies. Yep. And that was it. That was the end of the, the story for me. I, you know, They hired 20 of my friends and moved them to Nashville to start a new company under the same name, did not invite me to mm. join them, Le- mm. left me alone in Chicago, just kind of licking my wounds and saying, okay, God, why did you let that happen? When you and I first met 10 years, I don't know when it was ago, you had just finished traveling to just about every Christian college in North America because those kids grew up with veggie tales. But you had a different message that you were preaching by that point. Yeah. yeah. Right after the bankruptcy, Biola University reached out to me and said, hey, they didn't know about the bankruptcy, said, hey, would you do our spring commencement address? You know, come out and rah, rah, cheerlead, big, you know, inspire all these. And I said, I, I was right in the middle of the lawsuit at the time. It looked like it was all falling apart. I said, I, I know, I don't, I have no idea what I would say. And they said, well, what about our, um, our winter commencement in, in five months? Would you agree to do that one? And I kind of made a deal with God. I said, okay, God, right now I have no idea what I could say to encourage Christian kids mm. about following you. I just have no idea what I could say. I'm going to agree to this, and then you have five months to unpack this for me and give me something to say. And it was in that five-month period that God just started to show me, Did you, didn't you notice how miserable you had become doing the work you felt I was calling you to do? Mm-hmm. And I looked back, and it's like, yeah, I put myself in the hospital with pericarditis. I had shingles at the age 32. I had all these stress-related you know, illnesses that were afflicting me. I said, yeah, of course I was miserable. That was miserable work. But who says, you know, who says I'm not supposed to be miserable? And I remember I was, I was reading The Fruit of the Spirit one night, sitting up in bed with my wife, and you know, The Fruit of the Spirit is peace, joy, love, and I kind of stop on joy. It's like, joy. So that's, 
that's something I'm supposed to have. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and and it probably been 10 years since I had had joy because I was so honestly miserable trying to roll a boulder up a mountain that God had never called me to roll. I was trying to save all of the world's children from the evils of Hollywood through my own labor. And God had never called. He didn't call me to be Walt. He called me to be Phil. And I was too impatient to slow down and say, I don't know who Phil is. Can you show me? And that's what, that, God didn't want me to work for him. He wanted a relationship with me. He wanted me to walk with him. And because I never took the time to walk with God, I just immediately started working for God. I drove right off a cliff. And he didn't, it's not that he didn't want to help me, it's that he wanted to save me after I realized I couldn't save myself. I'm Charles Morris, here on a program called Born in a Barn on Haven Today, and that was Phil Vischer, the creator of Veggie Tales, but also the author of the new Laugh and Grow Kids Bible, sharing with us the story of how God rescued him from his own personal plans, protecting him in a surprising way. That should not surprise us as followers of Jesus Christ. God has always worked in unexpected ways. He protects us in ways we would never have planned if it were up to us. To show the Israelites how strong a God he was, he brought them to the shores of the Red Sea with Pharaoh's army closing in behind them so they would have no other choice but to trust in him. He allowed Job to be brought to his knees in order that he might really see God as his all in all. Even the first Christmas is a story of surprising protection. Luke records for us the less than ideal circumstances that led to Christ's birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, where he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, that's from Luke 2, of course. You've heard that all your life, I hope. When the emperor commanded that a census be taken, I can just imagine Joseph's heart sinking. This righteous man's life had already been turned upside down. He was pledged to be married, a status even more official and binding than our modern-day engagements, Before they could make it to the wedding day, his fiancée revealed that she was pregnant, and not by him. Joseph trusts God that this baby has been conceived by a miracle from the Holy Spirit. But what about all their friends? Such a scandal in little Nazareth. It's no stretch of the imagination to say that Mary and Joseph would have faced this hardship almost alone. And then, on top of all that, the government got involved. A census requiring landowners to return to the region where they owned their land. For Joseph, this meant a journey from Bethlehem with Mary, who was just about to have her baby. And when they got there, there was nowhere to go, except they found a barn or a stable. No safe haven for them except for the cattle stalls. Everything was stripped away. Now, maybe you found yourself 
in similar circumstances recently. Maybe you're one of the thousands of mothers this year who gave birth to a child with no one by your side. Others have had to say goodbye to loved ones from the screen of an iPad instead of in person. Business owners shuttering their doors. Their dreams are gone. Some charities have less to give than ever before because their donors have hit hard times. Only the Lord Jesus can turn your personal disasters into opportunities for his grace. If you're a Christian today, nothing can separate you from the love and protection of Christ, not even death. It's unexpected, of course, surprising, in fact, but it's real protection, and we can see it only through the eyes of faith. Think about the Christ child's own situation. His first throne was a manger, a common barnyard feeding trough. Only back then in the first century in the ancient Near East, outside Bethlehem, it was a cave. He was born away from home, exposed to the elements, born among the animals. But that was exactly how God protected him. While Jesus was coming into the world in a manger stable, Somewhere outside Bethlehem, an earthly king was trying to get rid of him. Matthew tells us that. King Herod was so bent on his destruction that he ordered every male child two years and under to be killed. He hoped that in all that slaughter, Jesus would somehow be found. Christ's birth was a political event. It was the coming of a king, but it was the king. Herod knew Herod understood that it was a challenge to his political power in Judea, so he wanted this baby gone. But Jesus was born in a barn, we might even say off the grid. It gave Joseph and Mary time to escape unnoticed to Egypt, where Jesus was kept safe until Herod the king had finally died. Herod was too late, and the king had already arrived. Jesus was protected in a surprising way. In many ways, that's what Jesus' whole earthly ministry was like. He was trained for the hardship of ministry in the desert. He performed miracles, but told people not to tell anyone. He talked about setting up his kingdom, but when the time finally came to take the throne, he was crucified, killed, cut down in the prime of life. That's what our lives and all our plans can look like when we see them through the eyes of flesh. But when we put our faith in Jesus, we see with new eyes. His birth was a coronation. His ministry was a victory march over death. His death was the final blow against the devil. Jesus will see you through this Christmas 2020. No matter what the world throws at you, look to Christ. Remember his birth. He arrived in the midst of turmoil. But God used those very hardships to protect him. Ever since then, he's protected his people in ways that continue to surprise us. He's done it before. He's doing it this year. He'll do it again. Don't despair in these uncertain times. This Christmas season, look to Jesus, and he will see you through.
One of my favorite songs of Christmas, John Rutter wrote it. He's the one who did the arrangement of the Messiah that we're offering. It's called Candlelight Carol, performed by the Cambridge Singers and the City of London Symphonium. It's from John Rutter's Christmas album here on this haven today at a program called Born in a Barn. And I'm so thankful that we've had a few more minutes together to reflect on our Messiah, who was born in a barn not too far outside Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago. And I'm thankful we could hear again from Phil Vischer and how that very same Messiah has changed Phil's life today. He has a desire for families to know Jesus and the Bible better. And that's why he's written the new Laugh and Grow Bible, with 52 stories coming straight from the Bible, which will help you see a bird's eye view of God's rescue plan for people like you and me. You can use it as a weekly devotion in a family setting. You can use it individually, but some kids get it and read it from cover to cover in a few weeks. However, you and the children around you in your life can use the Laugh and Grow Bible. I know it'll help everyone better understand God's Word and His love for them. I truly believe this would make a wonderful Christmas present for the children and families in your life. So call us right now. Make as generous gift as you possibly can, but ask for Phil Vischer's Laugh and Grow Bible. Our number to call is 800 654 2836-800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website. You can get the Bible there. Multiple copies if you'd like. But take a look at some of the sample pages and get in touch with us right now at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And just before we have to go, we still have the double CD of Handel's Messiah. You need to hear this musical masterpiece this Christmas season. Cover to cover on two CDs, words straight from the Bible. It tells the story of Jesus from beginning to end in a most stirring way. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Thursday, we get to share the great story at Christmas time here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God. This is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. In some parts of the world, walking and even driving on ice is a normal part of life. But that doesn't make it any less dangerous. Because anyone who goes out on the ice is at the mercy of the ice. If it's not as thick as they believe, they're in grave danger, regardless of their confidence. And in the same way, everybody believes something about God. Even if your belief is unbelief, you still stand on what you believe. How can you be sure you're on a solid footing? Jesus had something to say about this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Spend more time with Jesus daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.